One, two, three, four. It spoils the back in life. Episode 50. We got a special guest. The mayor of Akron, Dan Horgan. The Spoils of Akron, the Spoils of Akron podcast. So, pa. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Spoils of Akron podcast. My name is Cody Stanley, and I am here with my co-host... Ryan Dyke. Liz Tyron. Chris Miller. And this is a podcast all about the art, culture, and eccentric residents of the Rubber City. The Rubber City, which we all currently reside in. We all live here in the Rubber City, we or at do. least close enough to the <laughs> Rubber City. But tonight, guys, is a very special episode. For two reasons. Two very right. amazing reasons. And the first awesome, important reason is we've made it, ladies and gentlemen, to 50 episodes 50 episodes. I mean, Chris, 50. when we started That's this... That's five zero for the layman. <laughs> yeah, when we started this with Mr. Ben Arrington, who has since now moved to Cincinnati uh, out of our lives <laughs> forever. Bye, Ben. <laughs> no, not forever, actually. Uh-oh. I know, I know. He was but back the other day. I know, wasn't that cool? He came into Urban East and got a sandwich and said, um, I'm looking for jobs in Akron again. How do you I like know. that? I know. I, I'm saying this to our mysterious guest person that everyone's about to uh, yes. find out exactly who that is, but... We have a, a local person, an Akronite, that moved away to Cincinnati mm-hmm. and all of a sudden wants to come back to Akron. Yes. How do you like them apples? That's right. That's right. And for the second reason, today's episode is very important. Cody, take it away. Mr. Dan Horgan is here. Woo! The mayor of Akron. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you. And, and congratulations on 50 shows. It's oh, a milestone. Thanks. It's a half a century. I look forward to being back on the 100th. If you don't yes, mind. for sure. Fact, we'll I'll definitely do have the every back. Fifth, no, Okay, okay. To be clear, though, we're, we're not every talking 50. years. We're not talking half century, but you know, we, we have that many under our belt. Definitely. Exactly. We only do one podcast a year. <laughs> only Chris is that old. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's true. And I'm no, older it's than not. So what's that say about me? No, <laughs> it's not. And we, we respect him the most if that tells you anything. Well. He's got I'm the mo- pretty respected. But that's true. <laughs> we all bow down to Cody. Yes. Um, that's it's very exciting that you're here. Uh, He's be- back. You're yeah. back. We did interview you. Cody and Ryan interviewed no, you. No, no, Chris and Chris and Cody. Chris yeah. and Cody. Yeah. I was just me. in the room awkwardly watching. Oh, okay. So Ryan yeah. was here, but Cody and Chris interviewed you when yes. you were running for mayor. You were one of the three candidates uh, that we interviewed we appreciated your being here then we appreciate you being here now tell us how it is your first how many months in now it's three um just a little bit less uh just a little bit less than three days i think like 88 days i think in a couple of days it'll be uh it'll be 90 or three months it's it to me it's very exciting every day we can um, still call you brand spanking new i think i think so i once <laughs> at some point which is you, great because yeah. i mean the new hasn't worn off it's still very exciting uh there's still a lot of great things to come it's newly elected, but you know I, I've been in public service for quite uh, seven almost, years. Well, almost twenty. Yeah. Um, well, you've been in courts. Was, was, yeah, I was on yeah. the courts for nine, That's and I right. taught high school for seven mm-hmm. or eight, and I was on city council for uh, uh, seven years too. So, oh, that's right. The all I think all that experience kind of I know it helps. It's um, culminated into it is. It's culminated into this, and and you can appreciate I think every every decision that you make and all the people that you meet. And, and to me, it's always been about servant leadership. It's always about what we can do for the community as opposed to, you know, uh, more of a personal thing. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, people that want to run and they, they put their name in the ballot because they want to do the position. And, and that's the thing that we've tried to do from the very beginning is just keep moving Akron forward. There's, I think there are so many good things going on, um, and this is one of the ways to communicate them, so I appreciate you guys having me on. 
Oh, definitely. That's our whole point yeah. is to communicate the good things going on yeah. um, via the good people who bring them to light here in Akron, uh, yourself being no exception. And I want everyone to know they shouldn't be too brokenhearted for the other candidates who did not get elected. Uh, I know at least Mr. Bill, uh, get, help me. thank you, Melver. Yeah. I wanted to, I'm, I'm, Wanted to say mayor and Melver together into <laughs> one word, but no. Thank you, Bill Melver. He comes into the shop now, into the cafe. Uh, he's doing great, and believe it or not, he is an experienced Japanese um, chef and, and sushi chef in his own right. And he and Jason have been kicking out miso soups in the back kitchen. What? He has this passion for that. He's taught classes. So I don't think he's too torn up. I think he's <laughs> getting on with it. I, and remember, I, uh, I remember he called himself the he, samurai of Akron. I always thought that was so He's cool. a sweetheart. He's a good guy. Mm -hmm. Do you know him? Yeah, we had, did get to meet him a little bit uh, and, and just through the interaction through the campaign. And uh, we, we got to know each other a little bit. And he's, we've communicated a little bit post-election-wise. And he had taken up a couple of issues, which are important to, no matter who got elected. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to some of the social issues that affect the city. And that's one of the impacts, or at least one of the focuses, that sometimes cities, um, they may take in the quality of life issues when it comes to um, its residents and how we develop and uh, mm -hmm. the neighborhoods and how they grow. And so we're trying to address those uh, at some particular point, too. So it's, it's been fun. That's pretty cool that um, e even though you two were candidates and you were running against each other for a position that you both wanted, that even after it, it happened and, and you were elected and he was not, that you two are still working together in some capacity to better this city. I mean, that's one thing that I love about this city is that it doesn't matter if you're on opposite sides. It, you want Akron to be better. Well, I never doubted either of my opponent's passions. You know, same thing with Eddie, Mr. Suplin. Um, we may diverge. I mean, figuring out what the issues are, that wasn't real hard. I mean, they're the same across the city. They usually don't change. Potholes. Well, <laughs> I think what, what's get, what gets lost in that is that, you know, we do dedicate a lot of resources to potholes, depending on the weather. Now, knock on wood, we've had a wonderful winter. Um, unless you're a skier or, or you remove snow. But when it comes to the road conditions, it's easier for us to get back out now and start earlier. So when you look at down the road, well, they haven't gotten to that one yet. Well, you kind of have to wait until, you know, because there's that thaw and that back and forth with the road expands. We're in a tough, you know, it's Northeast Ohio. I mean, it's, it's like a lot of other places in the country, Pennsylvania, Michigan. We have road issues when it comes to that. But it also points back to, you know, there's kind of been a... Um, we haven't gotten the, the resources to be able to put back into that infrastructure. And that comes from a transportation bill that comes from the federal government. Which they're getting closer um, to being able to pass one of those, but those help. Definitely. Now, uh, in the almost three months now, you said 90 days, almost three months that you have been mayor, what's, what's been going on? What's been happening? I know you had uh, your new, Chris was just telling me, the new bill. Chris? The, the, well, the, we, we passed a bill here to bring an HR director in sure, Akron, too. right? And and I, the thing is, I've been talking about this for you know, years, if not months. The city's a fairly large, complex organization, just like anything else. A large company's got 1,800 employees, mm -hmm. um, four bargaining units, and in my mind, we needed a full-time HR person. And the way, it was, the way it was organized before is that those duties were split up amongst various departments. So if you wanted a question on benefits, you had to call here. You had a question on longevity here. You know, what are the work rules maybe here? I put that all under one department. But you needed to go to the charter. It's up to the citizens of Akron to be able to vote and change that. And it was the, one of the very first things that, along with gas aggregation, which will allow you to buy cheaper natural gas so your bills will be lower. Those are two significant things we were able to change the charter within the first couple of months. And to me, I was extremely proud of, number one, of the person that we picked uh, to be able to do it. He's got a long time experience in handling 
um, customer service and people issues. And it's one of my focuses too, is if you ever notice, sometimes people that work with people, you can just tell who likes working with people. You know, <laughs> it, it, you really can, it's, it's customer service. You never walk into a retail establishment and, and you never hear, what do you want? Usually it's, how may I help you? Yes. We're no different. We provide a service and, and we, should be, we should be dedicated to customer service. Well, Don Rice, who's our new HR director, he's been doing this for 30 some odd years, dealing with people, HR issues, managing people and so that's that's the type of person i wanted to put in there to be able to you know really get a good handle on those operations so i'm proud of the fact uh, i was thankful that the akron residents passed it and now we'll move forward with putting together a, you know it allows us to be more efficient too with some of those operations and hopefully save some money right and and um th this this uh Issue one, I think, is what it was called, right? It was issue one. It, it was a result of the Blue Ribbon panel. It was. That was appointed. Yeah. And that, that was, I think, a really proactive thing to do right off the bat. In a lot of these things, too, was that the, some of the ideas that come out, they've been in practice for a long time in other places. And what I didn't want to do was just start to duplicate what everybody else is doing. If you use a good idea out there, you know, and cities are, are known for this, you can steal other ideas, and that's, that's good. If they're working somewhere else... Well, the county and every other large organization has a personnel or an HR director that handles, you know, human resources. And as an, as an employee of the city, they're also an asset. So you want to make sure that they're properly trained, that we do retention and we do recruitment. Well, that all has to be undone under a singular focus, not necessarily spread out amongst four or five departments. And so I was, it's, it's, a, it's a very positive issue in helping the city move forward and at least keep the employees that we have. Make sure they're the best trained possible, and then recruit as many, you know, to be able to fill those positions so we have a diverse, large workforce. So to clarify for those listening, um, the workforce sure. that you're talking about, you're talking about city employees Our existing city employees, You're sure. talking about a human resources director that's been uh, put into place uh, to help those uh, and, and to kind of reorganize it, make it more efficient yes. in terms of a system uh, for those employees. And then, Chris, tell everybody, or Mr. Mayor, feel free, what is the uh, the blue ribbon panel that you referred to? Tell them what that is. Chris, go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll let the mayor take oh. over, but um, Mr. It, mayor, it, go ahead. it's basically <laughs> a, a panel of city leaders and community leaders to help kind of just do a, uh, a deep dive into our policies, procedures, and, and maybe take an outside objective look. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was, that's almost verbatim. What I wanted to do right away is that, Good you job, know, Chris. Nice. Yeah. Chris? Oh, oh, excuse us, Mr. Mayor. He, no, he, no, he read the executive summary, so, <laughs> which is fine. It was, a, it was a lot to go through. One of the first things that I wanted to do is that an organization, any organization, whether it's a business or nonprofit or uh, a hospital or whatever else, they, if they're run one way, uh, uh, you know, for a certain amount of time, especially a longer period of time, over multiple decades, we were just talking about the 80s. You know what I mean? I, right before you, the podcast. Right before yeah. the podcast. So when you have a mayor that's been, you know, in the 80s and 90s and, and into the year 2000, all the way up into 2014, um, you know, they get, a, they get into a way of processing and doing things. What I wanted to do was kind of back off that and just look at some of the things that we actually do. What are the services that we offer? What's the best way to offer them? What are some of the things that we don't do that we should maybe pick up? And what are some of the things that we don't do very well and start to do those better? And if we're doing something that we shouldn't be, maybe get out of that and let other organizations be able to pick that up. So and this, that's why I pointed, you're right, a, a group of um, 
about 15 um, citywide, and they didn't necessarily all live in the city, but they were experts in their field when it came to finance and operations and HR and law and all those things, and look at our operations and see and make, give recommendations to me about what you think you know is the best way to do this or best way to do that. Some of those we can tee off right away. Oh, but, I have a recommendation. Okay, hold on I a second. One. Okay. I was just at a, I was just at a comma, not a period, but hold on. <laughs> You inspired me so. I get funnier, so no. Um, so what we want to do is, like I said, some of those things we can tee off right away. And, and the HR was one. And the gas aggregation, which had actually been considered by the previous city council administration, it was just, it needed to get on the charter, so it kind of overlapped. And the other ones, um, we actually did a, uh, a staff retreat over a day and a half over at Goodyear Hall to, do, to, to take away from some of the recommendations of what are some specific objective planning things that we can do right away department-wise and what can you go accomplish so it's a it's all part of an ongoing plan that you know that evolves over time and that we can you know kind of put out there fairly quickly when it comes to housing or development or you know what downtown should look like all of those different things because there's some very obviously um, some large topics to be able to gather but go ahead you had a question Let's well, go. right in in regards to the downtown landscape and uh, I apologize I get excited and I do interrupt that's the sugar I've been told to keep that going that even, without, even without sugar so I've been told so. that that's good energy so it is. I, I'm, I'm torn I don't know listen to what my parents taught me or go with my my hyperness bye Mr. Ficus Mr. Bye, Ficus John in Ficus. the shop see you later okay <laughs> <laughs> so we have, uh, as you know, the Interbelt and Route 59 that's being talked about mm -hmm. for all kinds of recreational purposes, shutting it down and creating this, that, or the other from it. Um, we had the 500 plates, again, uh, 500 plates event held on that uh, actual Interbelt space, um, which I'm sure you're aware of before you were elected. Which is happening again, correct? And I don't know that it's supposed to happen there necessarily, but there's, there's some talks about other places okay. and things like that. I saw something. Sorry, keep going. Uh, so we had, I was part of that. We had that wonderful meal, and it was a wonderful event and a very hip way to do it, you know, shutting down an actual portion of a freeway. Uh, very, very cool. I loved it. Don't regret it for a second. But I'm not necessarily, as, as time goes on, totally on board with the idea of shutting that down and uh, putting something else in for a couple different reasons. Number one, there's a lot of talk about bringing more living downtown, more living, more residential uh, situations are being put into place as we speak, more hotels as we speak. And so as that increases, which will then increase traffic in and out of downtown, well, doesn't that seem like the least uh, practical, the, the not so opportune time to actually shut down a, an additional access point? Well, that's a very good question. Now, the other point that I make Ooh, I can't answer in that regards comma, to that. Comma, no, Mr. Comma, Mr. Mayor, comma. Excuse me, comma, Mr. Mayor. I'm sorry. Touche. <laughs> no, but, but and, and point two is that recreational purposes have been mentioned. They want to turn it into some sort of park, maybe a roller skating, something or other. I love those ideas. I think they'd be great for downtown. But there is a very good size neglected park that could easily put into play, be made into those things, I should say. Grace Park, mm -hmm. it butts up against Route 8 and goes along MLK, and it's a luck. They had an art event there, a fair a few years ago that we were part of in terms of um, a food vendor or purveyor. Uh, the University Park Alliance hosted that event, and we uh, were part of it, and we were, we were blown away as downtown residents, both uh, commercially speaking and residentially speaking, I thought, what a great way to use this park, and why isn't it used for that sort of thing more? Um, there's a lot of, you know, 
there's homeless traffic through there and people sleeping on the benches and, and there's drugs and things like that that are known to take place there. But that could all be turned around if that park were uh, sort of reinvented and somebody breathed new life into it and made these plans. Instead of developing something new, why don't we work with what we have? Talk about saving money, oh. saving resources, putting something to use that people have kind of turned a blind eye to for whatever reason or have forgotten that it's there. Why not go there instead of building new? I think that's the period right period. there. <laughs> period. Period. Okay. Can, you're going to love this. Can you repeat your question? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Please, no, no. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to your first point. Um, and you make a very good point with the first one with the interbuild. Um, the, the, the goal and the concept is not to completely eliminate that section. Um, in fact, at MLK and, and Main Street, that intersection is going to be redesigned because it's probably one of the most dangerous ones when it, it comes is. to accidents. So that's going to be redesigned to improve safety. It's dangerous. Yes. The, yes. Other, the, other, the other big segue is Dart and Rand that go both directions. One runs along the Children's Hospital and the hospital or the downtown side. Right. And the other runs, you know, just a little bit west of it. Um, what the goal is, is to kind of create some sort of central meeting place that is a little more central to downtown. I know Grace Park is there, and there's a lot of adaptive reuses that we've looked at. Um, haven't come up with a final plan for Grace Park at this point, but when you look at what the Interbelt may hold, it does open up some land for development when it comes to that housing. So it's not necessarily, and I, and I agree with you when it comes to the efficiency part of it too. There is a repurposing of Grace Park, but that involves like a lot of different other partners when it comes to that. Um, since City Hospital's campus is so close um, up, on, up on the east end of Market Street right. and how that connects to downtown. But also if you look at the Metro Parks and the um, Towpath Trail and how that cuts kind of right through the middle of downtown, how we can make some of these neighborhoods more connected, that interbelt is kind of one of those things that we can help with, is to connect, quite frankly, all the way to Portage Path up to Highland Square, if you can connect or run the towpath trail that way. So there's a lot of different ideas, and nothing's been set in stone yet, but there is gonna be something going on with the interbelt when it comes to that particular portion of it. Um, is the full improvement of Dart and Rand on those sides, but also improves access into those hospitals. One of the things with downtown is that I've been taking a stronger look at is I don't mind the traffic and I don't mind because I think traffic is, is a vibrancy and anytime you have elevated roadways and if you look at some of the communities that have gotten rid of some of their elevated roadways it has brought that traffic back down to street level and that has caused that is, that has helped with development when it comes to that now you're right when it comes to hold on just a second well you're right when it comes to that flow of traffic and how we're going to do that but it doesn't add anything to the it's like a 40 second different um, additional time if, if, if that inner belt isn't there. Plus it's woefully underutilized when it comes to how many cars it can handle and what it does do a day. So we're just looking for the best uses of that. And actually on Wednesday, I'm kicking off a, a, downtown, uh, a downtown revitalization plan made up of most of the major people downtown plus downtown Akron Partnership, the city, to kind of repurpose and think, okay, what's our long-term plan for downtown? What's it gonna look like? And it's kind of gonna be a roadmap you know, where housing should go, maybe where retail should go, what's the long-term plan for the inner belt and what it should look like. So all of those things, I don't think anything's set in stone, but I think you need some sort of guidance of what's the long-term best use in the next 20 some odd years, what should it look like and where people should go, whether right. it's gathering places or all those different things. I think that's a really good, um, really good point. And um, 
uh, last just last week we went out to dinner for Chris Miller's uh, birthday. Chris Miller's birthday. But we went out with our really good friend Shane Wynn, local photographer, mm-hmm. amazing, just an amazing woman. And I was asking her some of the same questions because she's all over the place and she knows people and she talks with people. And she said that some of the developers that she's been in contact with or stuff like that for a lot of like the stuff on um, right next to the Civic, right down, like the, a lot of those buildings are yeah, deserted yeah. and stuff like I that. Agree. And she said exactly what you just said. You can't just start putting things in. You have to have a city plan. And I had never thought of that before. Like I, I was like, why can't this go here and this go here? But you can't do that. It has to be a citywide plan or nothing gets accomplished. And that, that includes the neighborhoods, too, and reengaging. Uh, like, what's their long-term vision for what, you know, is it revitalized business districts? Is it more housing? And when you take specifically that particular, you know, there's there's been a project on the books for about eight years, and it's just kind of stalled. So, what we've done is jump started, and, and quite possibly there could be some. That could be one of the first things that we get off the ground when it comes to that, is because it was kind of previously in the works to be able to do it. But it's a, it's, it's kind of one of those things. You know, you have a lot of office space downtown, but there's a strong demand for residential housing. So if we can kind of marry those two demands, and and you know, you dry up some office space, but you create more residential. That's the vibrancy that I think you're looking for. At least that's you know the initial. The initial blush on my end is that you want more people living down there because there is a strong demand for it. And the way that the university wraps in on the other side, kind of on the south side, I think you can marry those two concepts to, to create a very successful, more vibrant downtown. So I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited about yeah. the prospects and getting, and getting to that particular area. But you do need a, you need a roadmap, that's all. Right. And that's what we want to do, some sort of guiding principles about where they should go, whether they come to what they should look like how big the building should be, whether there's a water attraction down there. There's all this energy. And quite frankly, it's being driven a lot by a younger generation. And to me, that's why we have included them in the cabinet. We've included them in the conversations about how this should all work. Because it is going to be their city in X number of years. And they are going to kick us out of these offices at some point. <laughs> and I say that in a good way because yeah, it's going to yeah. be what kind of, yeah, it's what kind of city that you want to live in over the next 20 years. And so Chris, you had a question? No, I was just, um, I, it, whenever we talk about development in Akron and people, I see new apartment buildings go up, new businesses, I'm, I always have this notion in the back of my head, people first. You know, you said we have to get people downtown first. And I think if you have people, enough people to the table, enough people living in a neighborhood, and I think that, that, that's the, the first start to I think jobs. I think jobs can follow people. It used to be the notion that people would follow the jobs, but I think it can be the other way around. And when you create some of that vibrancy, and just look at the energy around the table, and I use this you know, in a good way. You guys are excited about what's going down here. The hotel that just opened up, that's just another anchor that puts people down on the, mm-hmm. on the north end. Thing is, though, it's just very difficult to get from the north end to the south end. Say, if you want to go to a baseball game or down to a, you know, down to get something to eat. How do we get people from one end to another? You know, there's a lot of different ideas. You know, why, whether, why do you think it's difficult, or you know, why do you say it's difficult? Well, when you when you walk out of, say, you walk out of Luigi's or you walk out of the hotel and you got to go up to MLK, that's a, it's a tough intersection. You're to talking cross. about on foot, then? Yes, okay. on foot, not on car. And you could actually hit the towpath and jump over the Interbelt bikeway. But if there was a there was a more pedestrian friendly way to walk from one end to another, because you do want people walking right. or biking, or you know quite possibly there's there's plenty of parking spaces downtown um, to be able to drive. So it's you have to accommodate everybody's transportation mode, whether it's a downtown circulator, public transportation, walking, biking, because people will do want to bike to work. Right. Yeah. I love the idea of. Um 
we, we started up a flea market out here. It's called the Akron Farm and Flea Market a couple of years ago. And it's, it's been very small, but it's a great concept. And it's going to grow this year, at least we hope so. Um, the Unite Foundation is um, helping us a little bit. And Countryside Conservancy, who uh, is behind the How Meadow Farmers Market and Old Trail School Farmers Market, is pairing with us as well to provide some quality farmers and produce um, vendors. But we have, uh, here in the Historic Arts District, a great setting for that. But my long-term dream for it, whether or not we can achieve it this year or plan for it next year, I'm uh, determined it's a possibility, is to make it so that people can take the Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad to the Northside Depot from wherever they may come, get off, rent a bike, and then we'll have little maps and or brochures that will show them the, the sort of highlighted areas around downtown that they can easily bike to, come to the market, you know, can have this on Sundays and call it market day. And we're going to, going to connect with the art museum. They can have market day activities over there and we can send people their way, tell them what special exhibitions are going on, tell them what's going on at the zoo or at the ballpark and kind of um, create this sort of networking of, hey, bike around downtown for a day. And even if that's not, you know, uh, that Sunday recreational um, particular occasion, we want, I would love to see that availability, the bike rental situation over in the north side on a regular basis, it, so that if people do come and stay at the hotel, they can jump on the towpath. Are bike lanes in the yeah, near future? We're, we're working, bike lanes was the first question I got at the first ward meeting when I decided to run for mayor. I, I, I kind of an avid cyclist, or at least I liked, we, I want to put bikes kind of over by the university on the south end and the north end so you can ride to one end to another, drop mm -hmm. it off, and, and be able to rent those at a fairly decent rate. I've seen them in many different cities Columbus to be able to has do them. I know that. Columbus, yeah, Pittsburgh, I'm surprised DC. it hasn't happened already. It, it's coming. It really is. And it's just a matter of... Not that um, I wasn't putting that on you, on you at all. I just know that there's a demand for it. There is. And, and those are the things that we want to take advantage of wherever there's a demand for that, whether it's more walking, more biking. We're going to take advantage of it. In fact, every road... Um, that we're looking at uh, that part of that downtown plan is to look at one-way streets. I cannot stand one-way streets. I one -way was just going to say that. I don't like one-way streets. But they're, they're a little trickier than you think because of the, because of the safety and the design yes. and how you do it. So it's a long-term thing. I want to turn the four one-way streets that zip in and out of downtown, turn them back to two-way. Right. When you mentioned the inner belt and talked about that 40-second differential, and you know that may be the case when you're on it, but as far as like what traffic you might get caught up in otherwise, that could be more than 40 seconds. It could be four minutes or more. But So as far as creating more traffic throughout the actual downtown streets so that people are exposed to what's on those streets, uh, you know the street front levels and the in the shops and the retail and the restaurants making that traffic increased um the first thing i thought of is well th there's another way to do that and that's to turn the one-way streets into two-way streets yep. which would be quite the project i understand uh, yeah how, how does how do, how do you do that you uh, know what it, it's you you would think that you just have to restripe them and turn the lights no around. way it's not there's, hashtag engineers yeah and, and <laughs> what we're trying to do is take it out of the, that a little bit there's a safety study first and i think yeah. they've gone through a lot of those especially when it comes near children's in general mm -hmm. um so we're working diligently to find that funding to be able to do it because we did have some to be able to keep cedar and exchange the way it is. Well, I don't, you know, just because something is, you know, we should do it now doesn't mean it's going to be the right thing to do in 10 years. So if we're going to change that whole pattern as the way people move around downtown and every, every road that we do, we're building in like aqueduct coming down, we're building in dedicated bike lanes or a protected bike lane or everything. So you can start to get around these places a little bit easier on on some of these streets now are you going to go on west market on a bike i mean i would but other people would not you know what i mean <laughs> just because 
you know, I'm used to it and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You can weave them through neighborhoods on bike lanes and those are kind of all over. I would have not have thought, I mean, um, there, if you don't drive, there's some bike lanes. We don't have, a, we don't have enough. We're going to start doing more. I, I'm fascinated by um, something that I read from someone who's now on your, um, on your team, Jason Segedy. Mm -hmm. He has this notion he's written about, about what's called a road diet, which yeah. I love. Because Akron at one time was built for a much more traffic than we have now, bigger population we have now. So, you know, for example, the, the North Hill intersection um, that's, you know, really wide and really difficult to walk across, but, and why we had better block last year. But I just love the idea of, of sharing that space with all different modes of transportation, not just cars. And yeah, Pinchman, all it does is take some paint. You know what I mean? And right. when, when they did the block, when they did the better block last year, I got a, when I saw those green lanes, I mean, you could, they're going to, you're going to see some of those downtown this year too as they move the towpath because they're doing some construction on the sewer project. So it just has to wrap itself That's around. That's my next question, but keep going. Yeah. So I want, you'll, you'll, those road diets, especially North Main Street, if you look at North Main from the hospital all the way to the, just between the two bridges going into Coggle Falls, it's more like a landing strip. It's more like a runway. I think if you can pinch some of those, like part, parts of Kenmore Boulevard are pinched or they have that boulevard access. Yeah. yeah. And it looks a little bit, looks more welcoming. That's all. It's not this, or it's not a six-lane wide road. I want to encourage people, because a lot of people will ride their bike to work from neighborhoods in Cauga Falls or Talmadge. Believe me, I would if, if I lived far enough, I would do the same. It's only three miles for me. I can probably still do it. It just wouldn't be a great ride. But you can get into work fairly easily on a bike lane from almost anywhere. And that's what we want to do is create those opportunities for people to be able to do it. So why don't you do it? You said it's only three miles? Well, it's just not a whole. Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, it's, well, number no, one, it's not really a shower. Curious. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just curious. <laughs> it's not you really said, a long. You sounded like you really want to, but it's not a long enough ride. I mean, when I get on a bike, I like to like to re ride an hour, and this would, you know, do like a couple so, circles around your house. Yeah, I could. So, <laughs> you're right. so you're saying just three miles to work just for you isn't worth it in terms of? No, it, it is, and I said that the wrong way, probably. I probably, and I, as a better example, and I probably should just, do a little bit. I was truly just curious because you sounded like you would normally want to. And, and it was surprising that your reason was that it's not long enough. Well, I, I, and I'll tell you, well, I don't want to move any further, but one of the things, if I, the, the, as the schedule permits now, it's, I don't get on it as much as I can. I rode yesterday for a pretty long time. And if I'm able to get on the bike, I would like to do it maybe for more than three miles. That's all. You don't want to show up to work all sweaty. I know mean, when, I, when yeah, I've tried to ride my bike to work, I'm just a sweaty mess by the yeah, time I, I walk into the office. I think you can, there's a lot of people, I see a lot of people riding in and out, you know, even in bad weather. Those are, you know, there's, well, I want to create more of the opportunity to be able to do that too. And maybe as a better example, I should do that. Cody, could you ride your bike here from Norton? What do you think? Yeah, uh, he doesn't own a bike. I have. Oh, no, I don't. Anymore. You don't own a bike. I don't. I did. He, he has I a Segway that he rides. Too. I Segway. We'd like to start a, a campaign like to fund. Uh, we'd like to buy a bicycle a bike for, for Cody. Cody. Go fund me. How about That's a Segway? Needed. No, how about a hoverboard? I need Segway. <laughs> need a hoverboard. Yeah. Ooh, set Cody on fire. Don't those catch on fire? What? What? <laughs> how about a phone? That's an internet I'll take rumor. one of those, too. Whatever you give me, I'll take. No, no, the funny thing is that Cody works with the beach. Weekend, right? He needs his car sometimes, literally, to deliver newspapers. How funny it would be if it's Cody on a Segway <laughs> or on a bike like a pack mule? I would mule. totally do that. <laughs> totally. Well, we did want to transfer over. Ryan had a question about the, did, um, the sewers. This is a. I, I think this is really interesting. It's like, well, Ryan, you really think sewers are interesting, but I really do because I work as a machinist and uh, I work with engineers and stuff. So we actually talk about this kind of stuff at work. And I loved that you guys, um, or, or whoever made that, the actual 
uh, scale of the drill mm-hmm. that they're building to use because we went up there. We got a picture in front of it. One I day, did. Actually. I stood up. Uh, I went up on the like it was on the third floor of that parking deck of the lock uh, lock three parking mm-hmm. deck, and I was like, Cody, look at me. And you, I mean, it's huge. I think that is so interesting, and I've read some of the details about it. And correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I may be wrong. I a lot of times am. <laughs> but they have to drill. What is it? A hundred feet straight down, and yeah, then go. Some of the drop shafts are different. Different length, but I think it's 100. It's either 100 or 150 straight down, and then straight over to the inner belt, right? right? Another 6,000 feet, and it has to, the to end be Brico, on, right. a, on a inc- slight incline to allow gravity to work. Right, it's a gravity-fed tunnel mm-hmm. um, that will have a series of drop shafts in it, and we've actually re- kind of rebranded. In fact, the city did this before. They've actually rebranded the project, the Akron Waterways Renewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is a much better you know, way to look at it because I think it's one of those things that we can celebrate. I think we're all stewards of our environment. And um, the canals here are so yeah, right. That that's it's, one it's of the one big of things, things about things, us. Right. Yeah, it's a obviously it's an expensive project. Yeah. Um, and what I did the first week of office is we went down to DC and met with the EPA right away. And okay. Said, you know, these are the things that we're working to do. These are the things that we're work, you know, looking to get done. And so there's been, they meet weekly um, with that in, in going back and forth about what projects to do now, what projects maybe a little bit later. And our goal is always the affordability for the residents that are here. Yeah. Because you, we can't have people moving out of the city because you can't pay the sewer bill. I mean, there's 700 of these communities across the country that are facing some of these issues. Cleveland's is a real big issue. Columbus is a real big issue. So it's not abdicating that responsibility. It's just doing it in a more affordable way, but maybe spreading the payments out over a longer period of time. And those are some of the things that we're working on with EPA and the federal courts to be able to do that. But when you look at the project, it means a 27-foot diameter tunnel. Yeah, it's when, huge. When another tunnel we could do a podcast 20. in there. I want to do that so bad. That would be humongous. so cool. Listen, one of my suggestions is I'm that we're I'm not doing that. <laughs> it would be cool to do, go down in there and do a tour. I, I think so. I actually, that I think that would be so cool. We're going to put a camera down oh, there. Oh, can we wear like little the, like, headbands yeah. with lights and stuff? Yes. We want to put yeah. a, right. put right, a camera it. down there so you can monitor progress and things like that. That's a live feed. Oh, yeah. This is something. This is one of those things that we should celebrate. Ooh, sewer housing. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> sewer is that housing. Too much? You, you first. Yeah, too much. Uh, but too that, I think it's. I think it's a really good project, and you are right. Uh, tours down Sewers there are, are the just showing. There's a, yeah, Pitch, there's a safety thing, picture, but we have to be able to get. We have to be able to show people what is going on. Okay. You know, as as all this dirt is, you know, this has all got to go somewhere. Yeah. It's an engineering marvel. Yeah. And it's been done all over the world. Yeah. I mean, people have dug tunnels and, and they you know, did they've it come from, out somewhere. From right. England to France. Right. I mean, look at the uh, Roman culture. They've mm-hmm. the aqueducts and all those other things. So we're, you know, we're not um, we're not pioneering, but this is one of the bigger tunnels because it is 27 foot. From Mexico foot, to Texas. And that's 20. <laughs> no, I don't think they did that. Yeah, that's, that's not the tunnel we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but bad. I do. My, I, my bad. I think it's a really interesting idea, and uh, that you went down your first week down to DC to meet. We I didn't know that. And, I think met that's... with the EPA right away. Met with them again because I had to go back down for the conference of mayors. We now, had a further meeting with them in in April at some particular point to kind of hammer out, you know, some of the last. We're I think we're pretty close into reaching a. a, a I hate to give hope, but we're close to reaching some of those deals. Um, on some of the projects that are come up so we can we need as a community to be able to plant a flag and say this is what it costs this is how long it's going to take let's move on and now oh, sorry i don't mean to interrupt no, but uh, I, I i we should backtrack just for a little bit mm-hmm. um to what the problem is because i bet a lot of akronites don't know what the actual problem is with our sewage and waterways and unfortunately we're paying for 150 years of industrial policy right and the way they build homes is that as you would is your um 
as your stormwater would somehow drain into your sanitary. Okay. Well, those those drained into what they called a combined sewer overflow. And if it was too much of a rain event, then those those overflows would flow into the river. Right. Well, after the Clean Water Act in 1972, cities were starting to be charged with making sure that your waterways are clean. Mm -hmm. In fact, where I grew up was right between Akron and Cauga Falls. There's a big bridge there. The city used to have a giant t uh, tunnel or a pipe that dumped raw sewage into the river. It was allowed. Well, wow. after 1977 or 78, they got rid of the pipe. And then these are the continuing efforts to be able to do this. So we're under a mandate by the EPA yeah. to be able to stop those overflows from going into the river. So what happens is that you have them all over the city in racks. You know, there's it's got to be 50 or 60. I don't have the exact number. So what we have to do is and sometimes we have to separate the entire you have to have a separate sanitary and a separate storm, you know, for the rain and something uh -huh. from your house. Other places, we've built the tunnel. There's a retention pond over on Cauga Street as you're going down the hill um, right towards the old golf course. Oh, yeah. Right okay. off of Euler. If you look left, there's a 9 million gallon retention pond. So all that, all those overflows that would have flowed into the river, then now flow into there. So once the water event goes down... And that the, the event, you know, all that will be flushed to the water treatment facility via another pipe, mm -hmm. get treated, put back into the river. Okay. So we have a series of those. But what we're trying to do, and we've went back to the EPA a couple of different times, is that there are some green solutions to be able to let water permeate into the ground as opposed to going into some of our storm sewers. And it's a little bit easier. It's, it's a lot less expensive, number one. Mm -hmm. You take better care of the environment, too. <laughs> well, they have to be able to agree to all these things, too. So that's right. the main negotiating part going back and forth. Okay. How, do we, you know, how do we come up with more green, less expensive solutions? Well, you know what helps are some of these rain gardens, some of these community gardens that we have. Yeah. All of those things can help because they absorb more of that water into the land. They don't put it under a hard surface. You put it under a street, it runs into the sewer, goes into a pipe, eventually goes into the water treatment facility. You gotta keep it out of the river, and I that's do our goal. I, I do love that when you drive around uh, Akron in the summertime, there's vacant lots that have been turned into the community, community garden, gardens. Right. Like, that is such a cool idea. And there's been talks about making them bigger and, and um, I think you just shared something today that they're making one. That was that was about um, something else. The new Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, New Whole Foods. <laughs> but but and we're encouraging those in, uh, in almost every neighborhood. If mm -hmm. somebody wants to take those over, you can contact the city. We're supporting Keep Akron Beautiful is helping. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of different organizations that are helping people. Plus, it's healthier food options too in those neighborhoods, and that's one of the things we want to promote too. Now, in that regard, and it's a beautiful thing, and I am all for it, and. I want to see it continue and I want to see more of them just like everybody else. But what about um, what's underneath those gardens? Is that ever a concern? Are there certain areas where people need to be testing those soils? I mean, people are just planting these gardens and, you know, producing goods and, and use, using and eating them themselves and or selling them at markets. Is there any concern for what's in the ground below in certain areas? That's a good question, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm going to venture a guess, but I can get back to you on the specifics. We're doing those on residential properties, not necessarily on commercial properties. So you really don't have a whole lot of um, environmental concerns on a residential property. Right, but, but what we've, you know, we've the structure's been taken down, it's been cleaned out, all those things have been dumped and then put in you know, where they need to go, and then the soils... But I'm gonna have to. I'll have to check specifically whether they've been tested and be able to grow. But they've been very successful um, so far. There's mm -hmm. one right there at um, Euler and Cauga Street. There's mm -hmm. some out on Kenmore Boulevard going south. So there, I, there's a lot of them out there. Sure. Yeah, we've only and I was gonna things. say, what about? I mean, it's not just residents eating them, and we want them to be safe for everybody, the produce um, and the vegetables and so forth. But what about? You know, there are in some cases. Um, 
things are being grown and then used commercially even. Um, so is there a program in place for, I mean, there's like Hattie's Gardens, Miss Julie has a, a community garden she uses for her restaurant, things like that. And I'm all for, and Miss Julie is one of my heroes. So I, I'm all for what they're doing. But is there, if somebody wanted to take that upon themselves and say, hey, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna sell it to a local restaurant or I'm gonna do this and sell it at a farmer's market, that's not just something that anybody should just pick a plot of land and go to. They need to find out what the history of the land is, find out if it is re residential or commercial. You know, it seems like to they're just popping up everywhere. I think that would work very well with your with your market garden if you wanted to encourage people to maybe take in the, a, a plot of city land, have that, and be able to sell it, sell their wares at your market. I mean, I think those would go hand in hand. Yeah, and they seem to be, like I said, popping up and, and becoming more and more prevalent and things like that. Um, but as someone who sells food, who uh, has a restaurant and things like that, you always need to know where it's coming from and, and make sure it's safe. Well, people, I think, are taking a lot more responsibility on when they when they look at their suppliers of food, of how well they're, you know, right. where so they're coming are, from. Right, so those are right. questions I ask. So I just, you know, want to make sure that people are asking that, too, before they go and, and they just delve into these things. But well, one of the things that, with the organizations that are involved, our asset is this. We have land. Okay, I'm not going to be able to grow the food. I'm not going to be able to, we have land. We will make sure the community gets that so they can go ahead and uh, you know be able to provide some of those services. So I think it's a, I think it's a good partnership. In which case those lands and soils are if you guys approve it, they're good to go. They've been tested. They're city approved, if you will. Stamped. Mm -hmm. Done. Right. Done. All right, so we're um Coming up on about forty minutes now, and I mean this, this freaking time flies. Blink of an eye. I know. Yeah, I know. And um, I, I definitely want to go around and have one of us, each of us, ask a question, almost like a lightning round. Okay. Um, not to, you know, throw this on. You get ready, all right? All right. You got to get you pumped for this. <laughs> but like, like I just want to know because before we started talking, you were talking about how um, you love to go to the Linda or the Highland or Highland Theater. I would love to, for each of us to think of a question real quick. I know that. Sorry, guys, I'm putting everybody on the spot. But like, what are some of your favorite places to go around now and people i mean you would just hear at musica for the saint patty days saint patty's day the uh no young, no the, yeah young professionals yeah, oh, young, young yeah, professionals. i think, I think that was that, uh, right. the week before yeah sorry it was the week sorry before. for the young professionals and um people were like the mayor's out it's so cool like i want to know if there's places where you go around now that people recognize you and you get to talk with the citizens here in akron i mean Everywhere, everywhere. And you know what? And that, and it's a, it's a humbling and honoring experience. That uh, we were in the city council the other night, and uh, there were like sixty school age kids that came down that had won three national championships, the Westside Titans, and they all wanted to take their picture. And I think to me, that's you know, it's everywhere you go, and and it's part of public office. People want to be able to talk. I mean, you have to work it in there too. I mean, if I'm, I'm not going to stop at a traffic light and start talking about the, <laughs> the empty lot that's next door, but. You know that's it's part of that, and and we've I've had a very aggressive schedule in meeting with residents, meeting with business owners, and meeting mm -hmm. with nonprofits, doing podcasts, doing all the different things. I think different mediums that people would want to listen to get that news out there. To me, it's a lot of a change in tone and tenor, and sometimes culture. So, and that's I, I know I've been aggressive in doing that the first three months, and so I, even out of town, it's okay. I mean, I went to a, the university was playing a, a game up at the queue a couple of weeks ago, the MAC championship. Okay. And, uh, or no, I'm sorry, I went to the Springsteen concert um, a few weeks ago up oh. at the queue. And just walking in, and I was with four of my friends, or three of my friends, and the guy goes, hey, the mayor's here. And I'm like, <laughs> where, where's, you know, where's the mayor? I'm looking for the mayor, Frank Jackson. But it, it, it was, they do, and it's okay. I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's humbling and honoring um, that people recognize you, and, and you know, and 99.9% .9 of the people are, you know, they're nice, and they have, you know, they're not... 
you know, rude or obnoxious or anything like that. And, and I think one of the reasons you probably get approached a lot is because you're a very approachable guy. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're friendly, you're, you're outgoing, so I think people feel comfortable like, oh, hey, he's somebody I could say hi to and pr- probably more than past mayors, well, I Well, I mean, it, it's, it, <laughs> but part of it is going back to what I was mentioning earlier. People that like to work with people, you want them to be, you know, there's some people that just, yeah. maybe they want to do research, but maybe they're stuck in the wrong job and they have to, you know, talk on the phone or they have to wait on people. That's not, you know, that's not a good fit. So as you get into public office, whether you're in teaching or answering the phone or you're doing some of these things, you have to like to work with people and you have to be able to listen. You're not going to agree. You know, I still might take the inner belt down at some point, even though you may be disappointed in that because of the transportation part, because I think the vision part of it works out better with how downtown may work. It's part of a further discussion, but it's at least you can exchange those ideas. And I think you, the residents and everybody else, that input, that makes us smarter. If you can do that, it's supposed to make, that input's supposed to make us smarter and make better decisions. No, and I'm sure it's going to happen. A lot of people are excited for the idea, but I just I think it's ironic that with more downtown living coming and things like that, that of all time, you know, oh, and now we're talking about taking away an access point. And then there's this vacated park, and I realize it's not right on the towpath trail, but it's it's well worth restoring. I, I don't disagree, and I think and there's a lot some of those ideas, ideas could that. be implemented there, and the towpath could still have great things going on, and, and you could, you know, hook people right around to lock four right where it comes off of you know you go across the bridge lock four is a very recreational space now and very lively and live you know there's water running through it live music in the summer you know there's there's i think other solutions that everybody's excited for the idea of something but wait let's really examine that's why i want to plan to be able to do that to go forward too and that's why our planning department i'm turning that into a verb Can you I want to plan as a verb <laughs> <laughs> well i have no a question uh this is I, I've always been interested in um, politics, and he, I think he, it's, yes, really, very much. but I, I do wonder now going into the uh, mayor's position before when you were running and everything, I'm sure you had expectations of what the mayor's office was going to be like and how it was going to act. and it, what is that changed now that you're in there? Do, are things different than you imagined them no, to be? I've gotten that question quite a bit. You know, what's the biggest surprise or what do you think is different? Uh, there's nothing that's been like, you know, I get a way, secret room way, yeah, way out of the world. Yeah, there's a, 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 a tunnel that connects you to a secret passageway or anything like that. That would be awesome. But there, I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot of demands on your time, which is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. people sign up for this. Nobody's complaining about it. Um, it's just a very busy schedule, especially, yeah. like I said, when you have a mayor that's been in there for a long time who knew a lot of the institutions, who had grown up with a lot of them and worked with a lot of them. I knew a lot of the same people, but not at that particular level. So there's been kind of a kick the tires tour mm-hmm. for the first few months yeah. to be able to get to know some of these groups a little bit better so they can feel comfortable with me and how I make a decision and whether it's more methodical or whatever. So that's there's been no great surprises. I mean, mm-hmm. you never want to hear, obviously you don't want to hear any of the tragedies or anything like that or a company leaving. So those things, you know, they come out of the blue, but they're not shockers, you know right. what I mean? Because everybody is, we're in a competitive environment when it comes to selling coffee, anything as a city. So we're, we're aggressive unto ourselves in trying to recruit companies, trying to help local companies grow by providing, you know, the best resources and, and, and you know, water is a great resource and we have some of the best and safest water in the world because of our drinking water and our supply. So that's mm-hmm. one of our assets. Well, well that's all. Well, sorry. Sorry. What was the most interesting, coolest, I don't even know what the right word would be, thing that when you became mayor, like, what was it like? Oh, wow. Like, was there anything that comes to mind? Like, yeah, it's it's still the, um, I, like, like you said in the very beginning, it's, I'm still new, you know, newly elected. Um, 
it never ceases to amaze me is this is the spirit of the people in this town and so many people that are different excited and you know what i i, I didn't really realize it as much before um especially when it comes to millennials you guys don't really care if I'm, you know, you guys just go ahead and get something done. And I love that. I think it's a great well, spirit. Well, we try. We try. <laughs> the thing is, though, I, I, I think if we did things together, I think we'd get a lot more done when it comes to the economies of scale things. And when you're talking about the Interbelt or the feeding 500 people, you didn't wait for us to say yes or no. You just went ahead and did it. You got the city to put up some barricades and said, this is what I'm doing. We want to take advantage of every single one of those ideas to be able to do it because it's, you know, those are cool ideas to be able to do it. So that's the thing that I don't think I realized as much before, how much, you know, how much people want to do things and they want to try different things. And I say, you know, if we try them, that's fine. I don't mind effort mistakes. It's apathy or ignorance I can't stand. Well, thank you very much for being on, Mr. Mayor. We're really happy. Oh, thank this you. Podcast. I appreciate it. I think it, it was a great, uh, we want you a great back experience. On. Okay. We'll have you on whenever you want. All right. Sure. What are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> no, no, all right. Let's see. Tomorrow. We'll, we'll yeah. <laughs> well, at the end of our podcast, we normally talk about events. I don't have any ready, but I, if somebody else wants to start, I can maybe get Liz, some. Liz, Liz events. Has a bunch. I have a couple I can mention right off the bat. Um, there's April uh, 2nd coming up this weekend. That's this Saturday, April 2nd, uh, the big Crafty Mart event. Uh, it's the Mom and Pop Spring event. They're going to have three different buildings occupied for this Spring Crafty Mart. That includes Summit Art Space, the Akron Art Museum, and the Library on Main. And that will be uh, this Saturday. I believe it's from 10 to 4, 10 to 5. Uh, there is, of course, more information on Facebook. And we will also have uh, this week at the library on Main um, some spring break fun that the library has put together specifically in honor of spring break uh, starting tomorrow or if you want to call it today, depending on when you listen to the podcast, there is Tech Lab Tuesday for tweens and teens. You can explore virtual reality. You can drive and code robots and more. What? So, yeah, that's really cool. Oh, where, where oh gosh. At? Cody and Ryan are as good as they are. Robots? What? It's for tweens and teens, but that won't stop these guys. So <laughs> once again, we have Spring Break Fun. Uh, spring okay, wait, wait, Liz. You have to tell people. We kind of had a technical difficulty. So if there's like a weird glitch, like, oh. Uh, yeah, if it's, if it's skipped out and you missed, uh, we're just talking events here. So we've got Crafty Marts this Saturday, April 2nd, three different buildings. And find out more information about that on Facebook. But it's going to be Summit Art Space, the Library on Main, and the Akron Art Museum. We have Spring Break Fun. It's going on this week at the Library on Main. Uh, Tuesday is Tech Lab Tuesday for tweens and teens at the library in honor of Spring Break. Uh, Wednesday, they're going to have a play-along movie situation with uh, The Wizard of Oz being the movie that they're playing along to in the children. Uh, wing of the library and uh, there's also uh, events on Thursday so go to the akronartmuseum.org website excuse me um, Akron Library's website and find out more about what you can do this week with the kids uh, while they're while they're bored or restless uh, with spring break and I'll let you guys go ahead with some events I've got one more to announce that I'm gonna go get uh, my info on okay go ahead Chris the electric pressure cooker continues April 2nd, which is this coming weekend. It's an anything goes open mic. It's really cool. You can do spoken word, uh, one act performances, along with music, uh, poetry, stand up comedy. Um, that is at None Too Fragile Theater. None Too Fragile Theater, 8 p.m. April 2nd. Um, April 4th, let's see. Um, actually, no, that's, that's something that's ongoing. Um, April 9th, Neo Maniacal Comedy Studio at um, Aqueduct Brewery, and that's a bunch of uh, it's a, it's a startup stand-up comedians who are who are a bunch are, of local, uh, really great, comedians. yeah, really great, led by Sarah Jones, yep. and, and the Akronists will be we there love covering her. it. Yeah, she's great. April 9th at 9 p.m. April 12th, Dear Akron, Love Your City with Amber Janae, founder of Dear Akron, which is sort of like a 
I, I think it was like writing love letters to Akron and trying to, you know, I guess, um, try, you know, uh, creating engagement with people and trying to come up with ideas for how to improve Akron. Uh, April 14th is a really cool thing. Next Ohio 2, which is the kickoff to Ohio Tech Week here in Akron. We didn't really get a chance to talk about this today, Mayor, but there's a awesome startup community here a lot of a lot of people start up businesses incubating in akron and it's just a, a lot of a lot of energy around that one night startup next ohio is a one night startup conference um where they you know we had over 300 people last year and it's basically how to build you know raise capital meet influential people in the local startup community and that is at uh, quaker square april 14th 5 to 11 p.m and it's free cody uh, I actually, you, Chris, pretty much hit everything I had along with Liz. Liz, what's your final event that you had? Uh, I apologize. I have, I just wanted to make sure I got the date and time right. Uh, Friday, April 15th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. is Girls' Night, uh, hosted by Noto, a downtown local clothing boutique. It's going to be an event at Zebra Martel Galleries over in the north side. So uh, definitely attend that if you can, ladies. You can make a night of it. The new um, Speakeasy Bar and uh, Luigi's and DBA are all in that neighborhood as well. So you can make a night of it for sure, along with anything else downtown. Um, there's also the Cleveland Film Festival going on uh, going. starting tomorrow. And awesome. there are... Uh, features specifically here in Akron that you can go to that are going to be at the Nightlight Cinema, of course, as well as at the Akron Art Museum and the library. And there are specific schedules around town that you can find um, both in the form of the full catalogs for the entire schedule here in Akron and Cleveland. And I've got this great little um, one-page flyer in my hand that you can find here at Urban Eats or other uh, coffee shops, I'm sure, around town or uh, different places, including um, those public institutions and, and the Nightlight, where you can get the specific Akron schedule. Very cool. Well, Mr. Mayor, we want to thank you for coming on again. No it was problem. a great thank interview. Great. We'll have you back whenever you want, for thank sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you for the dialogue. And I, I, I hope you realize I love the idea of, of great new things happening, Interbelt or otherwise, and that I'm speaking as a downtown resident, someone who lives and works downtown. So these are things that we actually experience and, and occur to us in our daily lives. How is that going to change? And how would other residents who are potentially going to be living downtown perceive what we currently experience and what may or may not be in the future. So I'm trying to speak on their behalf as well as what we experience That's now. That's great, yeah. And in fact, I think all that input is excellent. I wouldn't mind trying to plug two things. Yeah, go, go no, please, yeah, please, yeah. please, please, please. please there, plug there's away. one, and when you mentioned um, working about with the entrepreneurship, we are working with the OSC Tech Lab and Launch League to do a hackathon um, okay. to involve with them. So if you need some more information on that, you can contact um, oh, our what office. Now? Say it again. Uh, yeah, a, ha a hackathon. A hackathon is we're all going to get together and hack. It's kind of, kind of. <laughs> well, no, you. Um, it's kind of crowd. It's kind of crowdsourcing an idea oh, and okay. let somebody kind of come up with a, a different idea on how we do things. Oh, so if you okay. want some more information on that, you can contact my office. I can have someone let you know. Yeah, definitely. And hackathon. Yeah, it's a hackathon. It's a. It's a. You use technology to come up come up with a better idea of how we do a city service. Mm -hmm. We're just one of the entities involved, and so it's kind of like. Um, Dancing with the Stars, you know, or uh, what's the I other? I love that show. Not that one. It's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, where they come in with a business idea? America's oh no, no, Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Yeah. yeah, we're Shark Tanking ideas. I in don't fact, like, we're doing I like that, that show too. On, on, I haven't watched it much, <laughs> but it, the same thing. We're trying to you know get a lot of these ideas that come in. And there was another program that's through the United Way. It's a reading program that through one through five, if you're a parent or a grandparent, and through the Dolly Parton Foundation, you can order books, and they will give you a book a month. Um, through zero through five years old. So if you contact United Way, it's through at Summit County at 
7601, they'll have more information for that. Great. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you. Well, as always, we work in partnership with the Akron Public Library, the Akronist, Akron Digital Media Center, Musica, Mm -hmm. and Urban Eats. That's right. Ryan, do you have anything to add before the end of the show? Um, I just want to say this real quick, guys, uh, to all of you, uh, including you, Mr. Mayor. uh, This is... This started just as Ben and I just coming to Chris with an idea of just, let's just sit around and just talk. And it became something so different. And that's a good thing. This, this became a thing about friendship and about um, learning together. This has been such a wonderful learning experience. And guys, this has been 50 great episodes. And, and here's to 50 more, to, to 100 more. Guys, clink. Everybody clink. Clink, clink. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> Clink, We're clink, clinking. Clink, 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 clinkage. So, guys, thank you so much. And thank um, you to our listeners for listening yes. faithfully. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. And yes. um, and as always, guys, keep, keep it, it an, an Akron, Akron day. day. I did it right. Are you happy? <laughs>